All right. Well, um, if you've got your Bibles, uh, you can go ahead and turn and open to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter number 13. Uh, we're going to immerse ourselves in verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 here in just a moment in Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. Um, I had planned on continuing in 1 John, and I will pick up in 1 John later on, but uh, I was rerouted and hijacked and had to go elsewhere um, this morning. So uh, we are where the Lord wants us this morning. Um, as of last night, uh, on a worldwide scale... Um, there were 156,439 um, confirmed cases of the uh, coronavirus, the new uh, COVID-19. Um, now, uh, that doesn't seem like much when you consider that we're a planet of nearly 8 billion people. Um, of course, that number is much lower than what reality is. That's only confirmed Cases. Um, out of those confirmed cases, 5,832 have resulted in death. Um, primarily a threat to those age 60 and over, uh, and primarily a threat to those of any age who have underlying health conditions. This novel virus currently spans 151 countries across this globe, and the World Health Organization has named it officially a pandemic. Um, it, because of its highly infectious nature, because it is easily transmissible, um, our own President Donald J. Trump issued and declared a national emergency this past Friday. Um, and because of the serious nature of this situation, uh, life is going to be a little different in America for a season. Um, I know a lot of people can't wrap their minds around that. Um, but comfortable living is disrupted for a moment. Um, Things will be different for a moment. The contagion is here now. With that being said, uh, the title of this message this morning, I would say, is probably one that poses a very relevant question. Um, I titled the message, Does God Speak in Pandemics? Does God speak in pandemics? And the answer in short is yes. But what he's saying may not be what you think. Or it might be. We'll see. Um, the God who controls the winds and the waves, they obey his voice. He controls tiny microscopic particles. He controls even this virus. He is in control. And 
when God is in control, and God is always in control, God has good and God-glorifying purposes behind the things that take place in this world. God is speaking. It is the same thing that he was saying when the, in 1918 when the now famous Spanish flu swept the globe and claimed the lives of an estimated 70 to 100 million people. Now don't let my title confuse you. You could take out the word pandemic and you could substitute in there any kind of tragedy or calamity or catastrophe. And God is talking. And even though God may be communicating a hundred different million things to people when these things happen, there is one consistent word that God speaks in the midst of situations like this and he is saying it today it's the same thing he was saying when Pilate slaughtered thousands of Galatians who had gone to the temple to worship it's the same thing that he was saying when the tower of Siloam fell and killed 18 people seeking a healing from God it's the same thing so let's read Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Again, in a world filled with seven billion, seven hundred and something million people, God could be saying seven billion, seven hundred and something million different things to individuals all at one time. But there is one consistent thing that He is saying across the board to all people everywhere. It's the same thing he's saying to you people, to me, to us here in Tuscumbia, here in Valdosta Baptist Church this morning. This one thing has not changed. Now our passage in chapter 13 opens up with a phrase at this very time. That tells me that what Jesus and the text is dealing with connects what's being said in those verses back up with what was previously being said in chapter 12. 
If you back up in chapter 12, you find out that Jesus had been talking about being ready for His return. You find out that Jesus was talking about the judgment to come. And He was talking about the need for reconciliation with God or facing His coming wrath. He talked about, He touched on all of these things in the previous chapter. And then... Jesus, at that very time that He was preaching on judgment, somebody, some yahoo in the crowd, must have been wondering about those Galileans. That must have been wondering about what happened to them. Apparently, the Romans under Pilate massacred many of them at the temple. And Jesus knew what was in their hearts. And they wanted to know, did this happen to those people? Did this tragedy, did this catastrophe come on those people because they were worse sinners than anyone else? That's what they were wondering. And Jesus gave them an answer. It probably wasn't the answer they were looking for. I'll read it again in verses 2 and 3. Jesus said, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Wow. You see, that was kind of the mentality of people in that day. Wondering that if something bad had befalled a group of people, if some tragedy, if some catastrophe had come upon them, maybe it was because of the sin in their life, some sin in their life. They were worse sinners. It was a common way of thinking amongst the Jews at this time. You remember back in John's Gospel, chapter 9, Jesus' own disciples, when they, when they came across a, a blind man, they asked, who sinned that this man is blind? Was it his sin or his parents' sin that caused him to be blind? And Jesus responded, it was neither. It was neither. And Jesus, here in this passage, in order to reinforce the point that he's making, Jesus throws in this issue and tragedy that happened with those that had gathered in the pool of Siloam when the tower of Siloam fell on them and crushed them. Jesus said, what about them? Jesus goes on and he says this. He says, uh, what about those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them? Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all will likewise perish. Jesus, I think, is making his point clear. Now apply this in our context. Think of what he is saying. Do you, we could phrase it like this. Do you think that the thousands who have died from coronavirus or the thousands who will yet possibly die from coronavirus were worse sinners than you? No. I tell you, Jesus would say, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You see, God speaks in pandemics. God speaks in tragedy. They are sobering flashes of grace saying that unless you too repent, you will likewise perish just as they have. God speaks in times like this. 
I tell you that COVID-19 is a platform for repentance and revival. I tell you that God is speaking and calling sinners and His people alike to a place of repentance by upsetting their usual pattern of life. By putting out there the threat of possible death from a novel disease. From this passage this morning, there are certain realities that we can ascertain about pandemics, about calamities, about all kinds of catastrophes in this world. And I would note three of them for you this morning. You see, what is God saying? What, what can we learn when something like this strikes the world? Well, the first thing we can learn based on what Jesus is saying is they cannot be presumed... They cannot be presumed to be God's judgment on particular or personal sin. I'll say that again. They cannot be presumed to be God's judgment on particular or personal sin. And by particular or personal, I mean the sin you personally actually have committed. If you get the coronavirus, you can't just presume that that was because of a personal sin that you committed. That can't be a presumption. You see, this truth was a theme in the book of Job. You remember in the book of Job, Job chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that Job was a man blameless and upright, God-fearing, and turned away from evil. Yet calamity, tragedy struck his life. Job lost his wealth. Some people are a little worried about their 401ks right now as the stock market is in shambles because of this pandemic. Um, Job lost his health. Job lost his family. Except for his nagging wife. Job lost a lot. And then Job had these three friends who wanted to offer him counsel in the midst of all of his tragedy. You remember their names, Elphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And they all wanted to sort of point that Job, some particular sin in Job's life was the cause of his tragedies. I tell you, I can hear Jesus now saying, Elphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, do you think Job was a worse sinner than you? I tell you, no. Unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. I can hear the Lord saying that. But now in saying that, I do want you to hear what I am not saying. I am not saying that God never judges particular sin with such means as calamity and tragedy. I'm not saying God can't do that. He can do that. And he has done that in the past. You remember Achan? <laughs> okay, you remember that situation? Do you remember what happened with Achan? Uh, do you remember what the scripture says in Joshua 22:20? It says, when Achan acted unfaithfully, did not wrath come upon the whole community of Israel? He was not the only one who died for his sin. So that can't happen. But the point is, and what Jesus is getting at in Luke's gospel, 
Is that when these tragedies and these calamities happen, you can't just up, sit back and presume, hmm, what happened in their life because this has befell them. That is not what we're supposed to be focusing on. The Spirit of God is saying, I tell you that unless you repent, you and all of your pride, you, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Now that's the word of the Lord. That's what God is saying through tragedy. Now, although pandemics and calamities and catastrophes and tragedies cannot be presumed to be God's judgment on particular sin, they are always God's judgment on sin in general. You say, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by general sin? Well, I'm not talking about actual sin, but I'm talking about the state of this world because of the fall of man. I'm talking about the condition. What the Bible says, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, it talks about how the creation was subjected to futility. Everything is all in out of whack because of the curse that goes back to the disobedience of Adam, the first Adam. We didn't have novel viruses prior to sin entering into the human race. We didn't have those kinds of issues until the creation was twisted and thrown out of whack. You see, because of the fall of mankind in the garden, the whole world is under the curse of God's decree, by God's decree. The dynamic of the whole of creation has been perverted. It's been it's, it's been twisted and disasters are a byproduct of the fall. Death comes to all men because of the fall. And sometimes that death comes in horrific ways, unexpected ways. The tragedy that struck the Galileans and the 18 in the pool of Siloam may not have been the result of their personal and particular sin, but it was a result of the curse due to original sin in Genesis chapter 3. That's reality. And although the calamities of the Galileans and the people in the pool of Siloam were not due to personal sins committed, they were not innocent. Do you hear me? Sometimes we hear when these things happen to people, and even though it may not be because of some sin in their life, you do understand they were not innocent. Oh, y'all are looking at me funny now. You understand you're not innocent because of the fall. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no such thing as an innocent bystander. There is no such thing as that. Jesus did not declare the Galileans nor the 18 in the pool of Siloam to be Innocent. He simply said they were not worse sinners. Sinners they were. Depraved they were. Death was coming. And what happened to them on that day was coming sooner or later. It's a result of sin. 
I tell you, there's not anyone that's an innocent bystander because of what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse number uh, 10. Here's, here's the description of the human family. There is none who is righteous, no, not one, not one who understands, not one who seeks for God. For all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues uh, to deceive. The venom of asps is on their lips. Their mouths are full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shift blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And it goes on and on. But there's no one righteous, no, not one, apart from the grace of God. So even though it may not be the result of particular sin in someone's life, it is always the result of sin in general. And by virtue of the fall, we are all guilty before God. But that still doesn't quite answer my question. Does God speak in pandemics? What is God saying? Well, this is what I would say to you. And I say it to you from our text. They are always... Merciful calls, merciful calls for living sinners and saints alike to repent. They are always a call to repentance. Now, the religious, carnal religious mindset of the people of that day they may have gotten caught up and been curious about the sins of other people and what caused it to happen to them. But Jesus wanted them to take responsibility for their own sin. That's why Jesus turned the light on them. He turned the spotlight away from the Galileans and from those 18 and he turned it around on them. He's saying, I don't worry about them. What about you? What about you? What about you? What is the Spirit of God saying to you? You see, God was more concerned about the crowd's sin and salvation than He was about these others. He said, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. You will likewise perish. You see, tragedies and pandemics and catastrophes, they are designed to sober up the minds of sinners that they might repent. You, you realize that? I'll, let me clarify this. I'll, I'll, I'll show you this from the Old Testament, and then I'll show you this from the New Testament. In the Old Testament, in, in the book of Amos, chapter 4, verse number 10, listen to what the Lord says. He says, I sent among you a pestilence. You know what a pestilence is? That's a deadly disease. That's a... That's a COVID-19, that's a HIV, that's a anthrax, that's a whatever, okay? You just put in whatever you want in there. He said, I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword. I carried away your bones. I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. And you know, you got those, they say God wouldn't do things like that, but yeah, I'm afraid he does. It goes on, but this is what he says. But yet you did not, get this, you did not return to me, declares the Lord. In other words, God's saying, I sent these things, I did these things to shake you up. 
And even though I shook you up, you still refuse to come to me. In product, go, sobering of the mind, that they might return unto the Lord, and yet they refused. You can go to the New Testament, the book of the Revelation, chapter number 16. In Revelation chapter number 16 and verse number 9, this is what the Scripture says. He says, They were scorched by the fierce heat, they were, and they cursed the name of God, who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give Him glory. They did not repent, even though there were these plagues that God had power over. They still refused. But the point is, the goal there is to sober up the mind. Wow. Wow. Now you may be tempted to think, well, I'm in the family of God. I'm not appointed unto wrath. I will remind you that the scripture says judgment begins at the house of God. And though you may not be appointed unto wrath, I will remind you that the Bible talks about how you will stand in judgment. And there are those that though they, will, they shall be saved, there will be as one escaping through the very flames. And wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up and they will suffer loss. And I cannot begin to imagine and wrap my mind around what that is, but you will suffer loss. That's the Scripture. That's the Scripture. And so, I would tell you that the same word is being spoken to you that's being spoken to the lost sinner, but maybe in a little bit different context. You see, when these things happen, the voice of God is saying, repent. Repent. This life's but a vapor. Be ready. Repent. But He's also saying to the church, repent. Repent. Repent, you who have forsaken your first love. Repent and return to the height from which you've fallen. Repent. It's repent. Turn. Turn to the Lord again. It is. And oh, what love there is in God's Word in the midst of pandemics and calamity and catastrophe. Love. Do you hear me? What? Love. Calamity is a call to repentance. And a call to repentance is a call to forgiveness. And a call to forgiveness is a call to salvation. And it can be a call for the church, a call to restoration, and a call to revival. I tell you that these are great times in which we live. That God has not left us, nor has He forsaken us. But He is calling out to all of us, Repent! Repent! Repent that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent. Wow. So when you hear a news report about some pandemic disease, 
Or you read a news report about how some tsunami crashes into Indonesia and kills thousands. Or you turn on a news report and you hear about some 16-year-old girl that had the rest of her life before her killed in an automobile accident. It's only by the grace of God it wasn't you. And you remember the Lord is speaking. The Lord is speaking to you, not about them, but about you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to us all. Let's heed His Word. Let's heed His Word. Jesus says, I tell you, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. This is the Word of the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you that you are a God who pursues sinful people to draw them in your goodness and your loving kindness to a place of repentance. And Lord, I pray that you will give us ears to hear what you are saying to us in this moment. Father, I pray that you will grant us the gift of repentance. Lord, we cannot turn ourselves but in desperation, may we cry out to you like Jeremiah, Turn thou me, O Lord, and I shall be turned. Father, I pray that everyone in this room would hear your word and heed your word. God, deliver us from religious pride. Deliver us from a spirit of haughtiness. Deliver us from theological lies. Deliver us from attitudes that do not reflect our Christ. Deliver us from everything in our flesh that dishonors you. Jesus May we be sanctified in the midst of this global pandemic. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.